Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast, Turtle Power, because the Terps power past the Illini, scoring 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win on a Joseph Petrino 32-yard walk-off field goal. He called game, Marley and Andy, Brett Behrens, Marley Weirda, Andy Olson here. I was not at the game. I watched on TV from afar, holding down the high school fort here at the studio, out at games tonight. Marley, quick thoughts. You were at the game the entire time. I was at the game the entire time, with the exception of the 20 <laughs> minutes that I was outside for my live report in the 10 o'clock news, which two touchdowns were scored in that time. So I caught the somewhat boring part of the game, which was the first half where no touchdowns were scored, just two field goals. It was tied at three, heading into halftime. And really at that point, the game was up for grabs. Illinois had a chance to capitalize on so many opportunities, but it really exposed some of their weaknesses and maybe some of their experience um, when it came to, to those moments where they could have ran away with it. And instead it was uh, Maryland that took it home tonight. Andy, you are in the second half covering high school games tonight. What was your take on seeing the second half, which was really the better half anyway after being 3-3. Yeah, three Marley called that boring. I called it Big Ten football, yeah, baby. 3-3 three, like three half. Defense. Uh, my first thought was – Josh McCray is really good. And, of course, we got to hopefully find out that he's healthy after Brett Bielema said that he was taken to the hospital during the game. I saw in the play that he got hurt. It was about a 10-yard run up the middle. Looked like Jack Bedovinak caught him as he was getting back up because he was trying to finish a block in the ribcage with his knee. Um, he bounced right back up after that, but they didn't put him back in the game. So, uh, hopefully, that's all good for the Illini because they are really getting pummeled at the running back position right now as far as injuries go. And that's where they got to try and, you know, drive their team with, with that running back room. Also, Talia Tungavailoa, what a good quarterback. I mean, he threw for 350 yards against the Illini defense, who looked improved compared to what they looked like against Virginia. But he went 32 of 43, had a touchdown. He was just – he was the reason why I think Maryland won. Yeah. He, I don't think Maryland looked that great besides Tungavailoa. And he just seemed like a step above. He, I would put him in the top half of Big Ten quarterbacks, I think, after yeah. seeing that performance in person. And especially the last drive there when they go eight plays, 86 yards in just two exactly. minutes and 37 yeah. seconds. I thought he commanded that. And I, I watched most of the game on TV here. In fact, all of it, uh, except for the part when I was out there doing uh, Friday Football Fever. And Tungavailoa was the reason they won the game at the end. And it to me, it shows the difference between where Illinois' quarterbacks – have been really since Nathan Shieldhouse when he graduated in 2013 to where they are now. Yes, Riley O'Toole gave you a chance to win. Wes Lunt was both of those combined take you to one bowl game in 2014. But the Illinois quarterback play has been exposed year in, year out. And Talia Shanite just shows that once again, that the other team's quarterbacks have been so much better than Illinois since 2013. Mm -hmm. And they're at a disadvantage even when your running backs are that good tonight, which I thought Josh McCray and Chase Brown, for the most part, were really, really good. Because that's where the game of football starts. And it sounds so simple to say that, but that's just the way that the college game has evolved. I think you used to be able to get away with a game manager, a guy who can make the safe plays, may not throw for a lot of yards, but the way that the game has gone at the college level, we're seeing guys get in there who, are more, who run more pro-style offenses. And like you said, Illinois hasn't had that. In a very long time since Shieldhouse was here for four years. 
All right, Marley, Tagovailoa throws for 350 yards, but did you feel like the defensive backs were better? That was the biggest concern coming into the game when we thought this would be a high-scoring affair. It's 3-3 mm -hmm. at half. What did you make of Illinois' defensive effort and especially those safeties, cornerbacks, defensive backs? Yeah, I think it was improved, but I don't think it's where it could be. There were several instances that I had observed where some of them just looked lost, especially on that final um, Maryland drive where they ended up scoring the touchdown to um, tie it, or excuse me, it was right before the field goal. Like some of them looked confused on their positioning. You know, there were players like yelling, pointing, and you could see, you know, people kind of looking around frantically at each other. I mean, at times they looked still lost and like they were um, trying to to figure out where their spot on the field was, which is what Ryan Walters had said was maybe some of the issues that they had against Virginia is they, did, they didn't yeah. know where to line up correctly. And I think it, it maybe showed itself here against Maryland as well when, you know, it, it was a tough moment for them. And, you know, they had to battle some adversity and show what they could do. And they just seemed confused most of the time. But um, I know Jake Hansen isn't part of the secondary, but I think – this is probably one of his better games that we've seen so far this season. Yeah, and to get three sacks as a whole, and two of those coming from your, well, I guess Owen's an outside linebacker, but, you know, coming from your line, essentially, that's impressive to me, and that's something that they did not have before, putting some pressure on the quarterback, and they made some personnel changes to start Tavion Nicholson. I mean, over Tony Adams, that's got to send a message to your senior captain that you don't start in place of a true freshman or a freshman mm -hmm. in there. Uh, wow, okay. They're they're sending a message that they're, if you don't play well enough, you're going to get benched. And Except Tony Coleman. Adams still played tonight. But I thought to put in Nicholson and Coleman in there, which I thought Coleman was great. Mm -hmm. I, I thought he played really, really well and showed his potential with six tackles. Uh, and a fumble recovery in there. I mean, what a what a night for him. And, and I, I think the defense at least gave them a chance to win tonight for the most part, which was very, very encouraging. And I, I for one, didn't see this coming. 3-3 like three, three game and a half and, and a defensive effort for Illinois to step up. You mentioned the sacks for Illinois on Maryland. How about the opposite? Six for Maryland yeah. on, on Brandon Peters. Yeah. That, the, the I, I think the – the offensive line, again, they're injured. I mean, Kramer was not playing today. I know Pearl went down pretty early, so you had to throw some guys in there that you weren't expecting. But I remember coming into the season, so many people thought the offensive line was going to be one of the main strengths of this team. But they haven't had a game yet where I thought they looked good. Yeah, the experience is really not paying off no. for Illinois, which is confounding a little bit, which maybe goes back to what Marley was saying with them not understanding schemes where they're supposed to be you would think that would be the opposite when you have such uh, an experienced team at certain positions that they would know where to be defensively that Jake Hansen could get their the, his guys on that side of the ball lined up that the offensive line would be able to work together and yeah fighting through those injuries but I mean Brandon Peters can't get sacked six times and expect to have success and he threw his, a pass to his center. Well, I mean, <laughs> we should say two of those sacks came on the final drive where you needed points, and it was almost a third yeah. when Brandon had the uh, – I don't even know what they call it. I think they called it intentional grounding because yeah, he threw it to Gerasati. Right, and Gerasati can't catch that no, ball. Like, you've got to let that go. First career reception <laughs> uh, but, for Gerasati. You know, Peters didn't play particularly well. 10 to 26 for 185 and a pick and sacked six times. I, that's not – probably good enough to win a game and yet there they were up 17 10 with the chance 
to win the game, which leads us to our next point here. What do you do on fourth and one at the 40? Do you go for it? Do you punt it? Marley, what do you think? I think you go for it. I think that was a a, a mistake in the coaching staff to, to not go for it, especially when the game was at those stakes where it was. Andy, go for it or punt? How, where were they at? Uh, we they were at the 40, and then it moved back to the 45 after sure. they didn't snap it and tried to get the defense offside, which Blake Hayes coming up under center, of course they weren't. What is yeah. James McCourt's career long? Uh, like 55, 56. Right, so that's only a couple yards beyond where his career would have been a 57-yarder from that point. So I'd, I was thinking maybe kick the field goal, but if it's if he has only kicked 55, probably not. I would probably say go for it because Bielema even said in the postgame presser, that the ideal or his ideal ideology going into that final drive when they were tied, so after they punted on fourth and one from the 40, was to win it. It doesn't seem like he was trying to win it on the drive before that one, before Maryland tied it. And I think if he had, maybe this is a different outcome. And to be fair, what do you call on that play? Because you're missing McCray yeah. and you're missing yeah. Brown. But maybe he knew, you know, like we don't know what – went through Bielema's head in that point. Maybe he just knew that his personnel couldn't, like, get the job done. So yeah. he's like, okay, well, sure, and that's what he said away. afterwards, yeah. right? He didn't trust in his offensive line and his backs yeah. to get the job done, so that's why he punted. He trusted more in Blake Hayes than he did his personnel on offense. And I don't mind that because Blake Hayes is Blake Hayes. He's at, he, You know he's going to put him inside the 20. The defense Which only, he did. He did, and the defense is only allowed 10 points at that point. They sure. were playing really well. It's just if you play the percentages, you probably have the higher percent chance of winning by punting. It just didn't matter. Yeah, there's Maryland 450 the left in the game. Yeah, the problem is Maryland goes down the field in two and a half minutes and exactly. puts up a touchdown and makes it look really dang easy. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the second guess is there. If they're able to hold or force them to punt or whatever else, or take it down to uh, a less than a minute left, then I think it's a different game where. The opposite happened, and now Illinois gets the ball back with two minutes, 13 seconds left with a chance, and that's where Bielema said that he was going to go win the game. But what could go wrong did go wrong <laughs> with 2.13 left and Illinois having a chance, and, and I just I don't trust this team right now in a two-minute offense to go down and score or at least put them into field goal range. I just I, I don't think – I haven't seen that yet, so why do I have reason to trust that? I know we're second-guessing that fourth-and-one decision, and we should – that's what we do. We have to go back and analyze. I don't mind the decision to punt it. And even though we go, we look back with 2020 vision, and that was one of the reasons they lost, I still don't mind it because I think that was probably the safe play. There. Is it different if there's, instead of 450 left, 250 left, or 150 left? I, In your eyes, does that change, Molly? I, do, do you I go mean, for it then? if there's 150 left, then you definitely go for it. Absolutely. That's what I think as well. Yeah. Instead of making them go 86 yards. Yeah, because at that point, I think a first down wins the game. Oh, absolutely. You could could argue a first down wins the game with 450 left. I mean, that's from where you were driving and and what you were doing. I feel like because I thought the offense was starting to fizzle at that point. Like there were a couple of runs up the middle with Reggie. Mm -hmm. He wasn't getting very much. I'm surprised they even got it to a fourth and one. They tried that third and two rush up the middle. Nothing happened. It was fourth and one. Uh, that was 10 I, plays. They put yeah. together 10 plays starting at 10.32 left in the game down to 4.50. So, you know, what a six-play, a six, almost a six-minute drive there mm-hmm. that they put together there. And, and if you 
put together another three or four plays there, maybe you win the game. Or at least get yourself in a position mm-hmm. where you can kick a field goal or, you know, whatever else. You're you're definitely in that punt go for range at the forty. And to be fair, and like it you know, Bielema had no reason not to trust the defense at that point. The only touchdown they had allowed yeah. was the drive coming out of halftime where right. they were able to make adjustments. Yeah. And then they were able to put it all together because that always seems to happen against Illinois, yeah. and they the went and scored thing, right? 10 more points. The most Illinois thing was the getting the fumble <laughs> oh, off that, the challenge, yeah. and the first play after that was the interception. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the most that Illinois too. thing. And you just can't do that, you know? Yeah. And that's what Bielema said in his postgame. That was the thing that stuck with him the most was that interception after that where you just you just throw it right back to him. You know, you get so much momentum, and then, and then bang, it's gone. And that— goes back to what we mentioned about Brandon Peters didn't seem that sharp right. today. Was he still is he still playing injured? I don't know. Is it just the rustiness of yeah. not having played because he only had a few snaps against Nebraska? I don't know. But yeah, that was just so tough. Marley, that's what I was saying yeah. back from when I spoke about it in the beginning. There were so many chances for Illinois to make it oh, go yeah. their way. Maryland yes. missed a field goal. Like they hold them to yes. a couple three and outs in the beginning of the game and they just like couldn't capitalize right. on it illinois had every chance to win this game mm-hmm. and they they blew you know one of their, you give up 10 one of the maryland points. players gets ejected for targeting yeah, one of their best players he's gone in the first half like there were so many breaks that went illinois way and yet illinois couldn't find the last break to go its way and i think know? that's probably why they were and so close when we look at these stats and it just seems like maryland yeah had the marley and i were talking late in the game on the sideline that it felt like Maryland had the advantage, but it was still tied at that point. Or right. even Illinois, yeah. I think, was up at that point. It's like, yeah. why do we feel this way? But it's the it score was seventeen ten. Illinois exactly. was up a touchdown, and yet here comes you know Tungo Vailoa right down the field, and yeah. and that's why you have that quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. That's why he went to Alabama and followed his brother there, and then followed Locks to Maryland. It, it's just a, a missed opportunity for Illinois, and it's just like the UCSA loss where. This is one of those that a 50-50 game in my eyes before the season where we looked at it and said, I think Mm -hmm. Illinois could win this game. They showed they can compete. If Illinois plays this way next week at Purdue, I think they're going to be in the same position where they're going to have a chance to compete. I said all along, I think there's going to be some competitive games this year. Do I expect them to be this competitive at Penn State? No, but there's these 50-50 games <laughs> where I think that they can go in and, and have a chance, and, and you got to figure out how to how to win the game. Uh, real quick here, what was the players' reaction afterwards? Obviously upset, Marley, I'm sure, but uh, what was their demeanor like? Yeah, so we spoke to Jamal Woods, Seth Coleman, um, Casey Washington, and Reggie Love. I mean, they're how they were, you know, as – after a typical loss, you know, it was yeah. they, they they said good things, you know, they seem to be optimistic about, you know, the future and kind of learning from their mistakes. But you could tell it was kind of like a man like, OK, right. Been here, done this kind of deal. Like, we're sick of this feeling. We're ready to to change things up. I've never seen Casey Washington like that before. You think that he'd be ecstatic after scoring his first collegiate touchdown. But he was. Yeah, but a players aren't going to be like. Oh, sure. Happy that, you know, if, if they lose, that that's all they care about. You know, yeah, like yeah. regardless if he scored his first college touchdown, like it always on sucks when you just have the weird play. play. Like, yeah. what the heck <laughs> is going on with that? All right. Well, Illinois at Purdue next week. We'll see if they can bounce back one and one in the Big Ten. Not all those lost, certainly, but uh, a long mountain to climb here to get up and, and try and get something going and a lot to dissect. And we'll do that continuing throughout the week. Uh, it is late, one forty-one in the morning on now Saturday after this uh, 8 p.m. kickoff. 
And we've got more online. You can watch uh, head coach Brett Bielema's full press conference on our website. Also straight on our digital channels. We stream that live for you uh, late into the night here on what became Saturday morning. That's going to do it for the three in one podcast for Molly Weirda and Andy Olson. I'm Brett Barons. We'll do it again next Saturday after the Illinois Purdue game, two thirty kick in West Lafayette. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs>